the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you for starting your day with us at eight minutes past the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the 13th morning of the eighth month in the year of our Lord, 2018. Congressman Jim Jordan joins me in about 40 minutes from right now. Looking forward to his conversation and commentary on uh, some very, very important news of the day. Bruce Orr finally going to have to give some answers, unless, of course, he takes the fifth. But he will be testifying before a congressional committee on August 28th about everything that he knows, or at least he's going to be questioned. We've got to be very careful about that. He'll be questioned about everything that he knows relative to his relationship with Christopher Steele, the former British spy, and the producer of the salacious and phony fraudulent Trump dossier, which was used to get a FISA court warrant to spy on the Trump campaign. And oh, by the way, yes, he will be asked about his wife, who worked for that very company, Fusion GPS, that produced that dossier through Christopher Steele. So Bruce Orr is going to be held to account, at least... He could be. Let's phrase it that way. He could be held to account because, again, I don't expect much more cooperation from him than the committees have gotten from some of the other very important witnesses who have testified before congressional committees in the rigged witch hunt. Yes, I'm borrowing the president's phrase. It is a rigged witch hunt. So we'll uh, hear from uh, uh, Congressman Jordan about that and, of course, about all of the news that happened over the weekend. I think it is official to say based on what we have seen over the course of the last 24 to 48 to almost 72 hours, we truly are the divided states of America. It does not give me any pleasure to make such a proclamation. It is simply an honest observation. We are not the United States of America. We are very, very divided. And we're divided along some very, very dangerous lines. And those lines, I fear, are being drawn by some very, very hateful people. And the hateful people I speak of 
were on display yesterday in Washington, D.C. And I'm not speaking of the also extraordinarily hateful white supremacists, white nationalists who marched for the second consecutive year, this time in our nation's capital. I'm not talking about the two dozen. Let me say that again. Two dozen. Idiot, idiotic rather, hate-filled, racist, white nationalists who walked under police protection yesterday in Washington, D.C. A tiny, tiny handful of disgusting white nationalist racists who are indeed filled with hate. They're not the drivers, however, of the divided states of America. Quite frankly, nor were the hundreds of vile and violent Vile and violent. They were both Antifa protesters who were on hand in our nation's capital as well, ready for a fight. The two dozen white nationalists, according to all media reports that I have seen, did not come armed with any weapons. They didn't come with rocks, large pieces of glass, slingshots, or anything else. They didn't knock cameras out of reporters' hands. They didn't try to assault police verbally and physically. They're just loser, racist idiots who should be marginalized and ignored because they just matter to no one. They are an insult to all that is decent, and they in no way, shape, or form reflect what they title themselves at at their rally, which is the right the right side of the ideological spectrum, politically speaking, the conservative side, has absolutely zero in common with the idiots who formed the Unite the Right rally. I want to be very, very clear about that. But the American left has a whole heck of a lot in common with the Antifa thugs who came armed and ready for battle, hiding their faces like the cowards they are. It's amazing how many of them wearing full masks, either ski masks or head coverings with uh, bandanas over their faces. It's amazing how much they look like either MS-13 or ISIS. Not joking. Not saying they're as bad as those two. But you know what? They look the part, and their violent rhetoric sounds the part. And it did yesterday. Hundreds and hundreds of vile and violent Antifa members were there, but I'm not even talking about them as the dividers in the divided states of of America. We know there are political divisions, and we know that there are extremists on the left, and there are extremists on, I still hesitate to, to call them the right because they are unite the right, and they represent white nationalism, and they represent Klansmen or Klansmen of years gone by. And as we all know, that has been very historically documented, that's the Democrat Party. But nonetheless, there are extremists on the right, and there are extremists on the left, and yes, that's divisive. But the division in the divided states of America that I speak of this morning is fostered and fomented by the media. Why on earth? Would all of these major network news outlets devote so much of their time and resources to covering a teeny tiny handful of white nationalist idiots? 
the fact that the white nationalists had planned to quote-unquote march in Washington, D.C. to spread their message of hate was publicized as much as it was. The fact that they had planned this and the media said, we're there, is what draws Antifa. Now, you might say, well, even without the mainstream media, social media would have would have drawn a crowd, and that's true. There's no doubt about it. Social media is a very, very dangerous entity, and it's a powerful one in the United States right now. I don't disagree at all. But the mainstream media brought cameras and reporters and microphones to document every single second of two dozen idiots who, if they had been left on their own, would have marched to the sound of crickets around them and would have walked back to their little pathetic lives with their tails between the legs saying, how come nobody listened to us? No, the media feasts upon this stuff. They were there to document fascists, white na- fascist white nationalists against essentially communist Antifa members. We're going to capture it all. They want the narrative to remain divisive. They want the country to remain um, against itself. Black versus white, right versus left, Antifa versus uh, 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 fascists. They thrive on this stuff. And I'm looking at the media over the course of the last uh, you know, two days, two and a half days, at their coverage of this, and they did their their level best to try to pit one side against another and create chaos. And the way that they do that, by the way, is with their dog signaling to Antifa. I mean, headlines all over the media. I'm talking about the mainstream media. I'm talking about the networks, NBC, ABC, CBS. I'm talking, of course, about uh, the, the mainstream newspapers. Um, you know, the largest left-leaning newspapers, the Post and the Times and the Tribune and so on and so forth. And we're talking about the cable news, the liberal cable news networks, CNN and MSNBC. They all took their or played their part and played their role in painting this as something that it was not. And they paint the counter protesters as being anti hate. They describe the white nationalist group accurately as, as a hate group. I'm okay with that. But they describe the counter protesters as anti hate. Even as those counter-protesters, meaning Antifa, turn their hate on them. In case you didn't pay attention, NBC reporters and camera crew on hand to document what was going on in Washington, D.C. yesterday were attacked by Antifa. Why? Are, are the news media there? Are they there to... to, to Celebrate and trumpet fascism? Doubtful. So why did Antifa, which is anti-fascist, why did they turn their anger and their violence and their language on the news? On the news reporters, on the camera crews, etc. Could it be because maybe they're not anti-hate? Because maybe Antifa thrives on the worst kind of hate. The hypocritical kind. Antifa mobsters, and they were, they were part of a mob, not just a protest march. They're part of a mob. They were there for a riot. Were so disappointed that they didn't have an opponent to riot with. They didn't have an opponent to, to brawl with. 
or to commit uh, mob violence against. They were so disappointed they had to find somebody to attack, so they attacked the cops along with the news media. And yet today's news stories, if you look at headlines across this country, it says counter-protesters vastly outnumber hate group. That's a, that's a paraphrase of all of the news sto- uh, headlines that I saw this morning. Counter-protesters in D.C. outnumber hate group. <laughs> How about hate group on the left vastly outnumber small number of hate mongers uh, calling themselves white nationalists? I won't even call them the right because, again, they stand for nothing. Zero that conservatism stands for. How about that? But they're literally, they're they're trying to limit the responsibility of the division in this country and of the uh, potential violence that was going to happen in D.C. and in Charlottesville on the part of the left by saying they're the anti-hate group and if anything happens, they're the good guys. The media is choosing sides. They're the good guys. How about we call it what it was? Massive Antifa hate group turns rage on police officers protecting their right to demonstrate. When they didn't have a, a, a very sizable uh, opponent to, to uh, riot with on Sunday. Tell the truth, media. You know, people wonder why President Trump continues to call the press the enemy of the people. And I do have to admit, I don't like the phrasing. I prefer the enemy of the truth. Because everything I just described to you is an example of their uh, refusal to use truth, to highlight truth. But people get on the president for saying they're the enemy of the people. But when the press continues to tell half stories or completely flip the script on what the real story was, the only attacks that were levied in, in either city yesterday, either in D.C. or in Charlottesville, the only attacks that were, that were created, that were made, were levied by the, the Antifa group, the leftist quote-unquote counter-protesters who attacked officers, who attacked news media. That's the only violence that happened. Verbal or physical violence. The only thing that happened came from the left. They won't tell you that story. They, they portray them as the anti-hate group. And therefore, they're the good guys. Their hatred for the cops means nothing. Their hatred for the country, which they expressed very, very clearly, is not a story either. This is the battle, my friends. The battle for truth. The battle for hearts and minds, to borrow an old phrase. Of the American people. And the left is firmly entrenched with Antifa. The media is firmly entrenched with the left. And the rest is a very, very disturbing history, as it were. I want you to join us at 216-901-0945. You watched all this play out yesterday. Give me your thoughts. 888-281-1110. We'll get some phone calls coming your way after we check traffic on AM 1420. The Answer. The Answer. 925, the Bob France Authority on this Monday morning. Thank you for joining us, Congressman Jordan, again in about 23 minutes or so. So uh, a little bit of what uh, I, I want to share with you a few different things, as a matter of fact, today. But, uh, but, but what exactly happens at these rallies? What is the message? As a matter of fact, let me do this real quick. Nancy Pelosi was on AM Joy yesterday. That is the um, uh, MSNBC Garbage Fest 
uh, or is it CNN? Which one is it? No, it's MSNBC. Sorry about that. Uh, Garbage fest. And uh, Nancy Pelosi, the House Minority Leader, was asked about what it is that the Democrats can do and uh, what is their message. Because a lot of people, quite frankly, accurately, don't think that they have a message. All they know is uh, is what they're against, which is Donald Trump. But what are you for? Listen to this brief exchange. There are a lot of people out there particularly Democrats who are, who are saying the Democrats have no message. The Democrats, they don't know what they're for. They know they're against President Trump, but they don't know what they're for. Is that a true statement? And if it's not, what are Democrats for? Democrats are for the people. Uh, for what does that mean? Democrats exactly? are for the people. It means we are for the people having lower health care costs, reducing the cost of prescription drugs. Democrats are for bigger paychecks by building the infrastructure of America, creating good-paying jobs. I, I, I could go point by point and refute all these things, but I don't have the time for that. For example, she just said Democrats are for bigger paychecks, not one Democrat. Not a single member of Congress that has a D after their name voted for the tax cuts, which gave all Americans a bigger paycheck. But she wants to say that. I mean, I could do this point by point, but I'm going somewhere with this. Again, Democrats are for making government work uh, by reducing the role of big, dark money in politics. All of these are connected because the culture of corruption, cronyism, and incompetence that is prevalent in this Congress and this administration take, uh, impedes the ability for us to raise the minimum wage, to clean the air, to reduce the cost of prescription drugs. So we have to be, we have unified in our message. This came from the members and it is being uh, road tested now in August uh, as we go forward. Well, I'm very proud of David Cicilline, Sherry Bustos, and Hakeem Jeffries, who honchoed all of this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that we don't know what we stand for. It's how do we convey the message. That's the line. That's where I was going with this. It's not we don't know what we stand for. It's how do we convey the message. Well, one way to convey the message is to march in the streets of Washington, D.C. and chant the message. If you didn't make it out, yes, that was the leftist Democrat-supporting Antifa mob chanting the message. No borders, no wall. No USA at all. No borders, no wall. No USA at all. This is the message. Nance? This is what your party has been fighting for. Your party has been fighting to erase the border security that we have. You want to abolish ICE? You want to abolish Border Patrol? If you erase border security, Nance, you erase the border. If you erase the border, you no longer have a country. Your supporters are chanting your message for you. Your supporters also chanted uh, chanted uh, your message for you. When they chanted in uh, Charlottesville, cops and clan go hand in hand. Cops and clan go hand in hand. Cops and clan go hand in hand all day long yesterday. You don't believe in laws because you don't believe in law enforcement. Your party, your people, your movement, Your Antifa 
hate group. They don't believe in cops. They don't believe in law enforcement. They don't believe in laws. They don't believe in borders. They don't believe in the country. Nance, I think your message is getting through just loud and clear. And I'm really, really kind of glad that the, the, the minions that follow you and the rest of the Democrats in Washington, D.C. got out there to shout your message yesterday, just a couple of months away, before the American people decide on whether to, or not to give you any more power. I think this is a real eye-opener for them. Back with your phone calls right after this. I want to urge you once again to avail yourself of um, our social media pages, uh, my social media pages in particular, because I update them as I go, sometimes during the show, uh, including right now. I just tweeted, or not tweeted, beg your pardon, posted links to two of the audio pieces I just played for you on my Facebook page. You can find me on Facebook if you are using that platform. And if Mark Zuckerberg hasn't banned you yet or kicked you off for uh, not uh, abiding by what they believe are good community standards, uh, use it for the purpose of sharing information. Uh, And on France Radio, that's where you find me, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio on Facebook, I just put a link to the audio that I played for you a moment ago. This This is what the American left is. The American left, this is what they believe. They hate police. They hate laws. They hate borders. They hate the military. They hate the United States. And and you don't have to take my word for that. All you have to do is listen to them as they scream about how much they hate cops, calling them Klansmen, saying cops and Klan go uh, cops and Klan go hand in hand. All of these things. was going on in Charlottesville. This was going on in Washington, D.C. Cops and the Klan go hand in hand. Uh, uh, all cops are racist. Uh, pigs in a blanket fry them like bacon. All of these chants continuing. Meanwhile, what about, uh, what about just the state of the country? Do you love the United States? When I tell you that the American left hates the United States, when I tell you that the American left despises what we are as a country, don't take my word for it. Listen to theirs. Listen to their words. What's the last part of that chant? No USA at all. This is what they want. They want to bring down the United States, the greatest nation in the history of human civilization. They want to tear it down. Tear down the borders. Open it up to all so that the rest of the world's failure can come pouring into this country and lead to its ruination and destruction as well. This is what they believe. No borders, no wall. No USA at all. I put those on Facebook so that you can share them with your friends, your fellow Facebook users, people in your email list, whoever it is you want. But uh, on social media, I'm at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z, 
Radio, all one word. On Twitter, I put these things, and uh, you can follow me there at Radio Done Right. Again, I'm ashamed to be using Twitter, but I will not surrender the platform to the left. Radio Done Right, all one word, Radio Done Right. Make sure you find these things, retweet them, and share them with other people. Uh, let's go to uh, Jim in Fairview Park. Jim, thanks for waiting patiently. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead. Hello, Hello Bob? Jim. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Jim. Bob? Yes, Jim. Go ahead, Jim. Oh, this is Mark. Oh, okay. Well, it says Jim on my screen. That's a big problem. That, that, that yeah, no, that's, like. I don't know what, what Sorry happened Sorry about there. that, Mark. Uh, Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I just want to mention to you this uh, uh, woman's parade they had, the gun march, you know, and even yesterday's march. You know, that's none of these things. You know, they're over with. You know, these kids yesterday, they can go back to their basements and uh, stretch their earlobes or whatever they want to do. But uh, uh, I, I know what you mean about the media, where they, they, would, they, go, they went berserk on this thing. Anyhow, my subject was I want to talk to you about this, uh, this as Donnie would say, this clown, uh, Amorosa. You know, uh, they got tape. She's taping everything. She's taping her calls with the president. Kelly dismissed her for ethical reasons. And she wants to argue, told her he says it's not non-negotiable, you know. And this Hogan Gidley, the spokesman for Trump, he was on today and did an excellent job explaining this whole thing. But anyhow, her big thing is the, uh, you know, the, oh, the White House is deceiving blacks. Well, you know, the, uh, well, you know the rates as far as employment and everything. So I don't, I don't know, you know, who knows what she's up up to well i have a pretty good idea but well, we know, you know the woman was she, on she, uh, she, trump's she, show I, I believe and she uh, was that's how she he, got famous she 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 yeah. got famous on the apprentice show um and she 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 you know uh, hated donald trump for a period of time she played the villain then she liked donald trump uh now she's claiming that when donald trump was on the apprentice he routinely used the n-word in uh in private settings so why would mm-hmm. somebody uh why would a black woman like omarosa why would she listen to a man who used the N-word and then say, I support this man for president, and then want to go to work for him in the White House? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know what? She's he, was, an he was nice she's enough an to give the woman whore, a job. Nothing more, nothing less. She's, well, she's an attention whore, and she's a financial one because she wants to make money off of this book. And the more salacious stuff she can allege, true or not true, she can put in a book, the more copies it will sell to Trump haters, and that's all she's doing. Yeah, she, he was nice enough to give her a job. But, you know, in this world of 15 minutes of fame, uh, like the guy who's defending this Stormy Daniels, now this clown's running for president. Yeah. Uh, guess what we get, Bob? We get a, we get a new book. Isn't that wonderful? That's, ex- that's exact bingo. That's exactly okay. right. It's all about making money. Or Mark, I'm sorry, Mark, thank you for the phone call. It's all about making money in Omarosa's case, and it's all about, and Avenatti's too. And it's all about fame. How much longer can I stretch my 15 minutes? She hopefully would be fitted for an orange jumpsuit because she cannot illegally record people in the Situation Room. It's a, it's a national security violation. And quite frankly, if we didn't have Jeff Sessions as the Attorney General, I would think she would be arrested and charged by the Department of Justice. But I can't trust that Sessions will do that because he has done nothing. Ron in Brook Park. Hi, Ron. Go ahead. Morning, Bob. Bob, I'm going to take a different approach than what you did a few minutes ago, okay? I am no longer going to denounce the Klan or the white supremacist or any of those other hate groups, although I don't agree with them. I'm no longer going to denounce them until the left and the news media starts denouncing the hate groups like the Black Panthers, Black Lives Matter, and a few and Antifa and a few other groups. Until they start denouncing their hate groups on their side, I'm no longer going to pick on the Klan anymore or the neo-Nazis, or anybody else. Even though I think they're idiots and buffoons, they're no more idiots or buffoons than what the left has on their side. So why should people like you and I trip all over our neckties? Because we're better than them. Well, wait a minute, Ron. Bob. But wait because a minute. we're better wait. than them, that's why. But we, we don't we do, we don't do that. Try, 
we constantly trip all over our ties trying to convince the, the public we're not those guys. We don't agree with that. We don't like them, and we don't. But we, we go out of our way to make sure that people understand that we don't agree with them. But you never hear that from the news media saying, look, we're going to cover this story, but these people are a bunch of idiots. Or you never hear Nancy Pelosi's or anybody or like Maxine Waters come out and say, look, I'm a, in Maxine Waters' case, I'm a black lady, but I don't agree with the Black Panthers. I don't agree with Black Lives Matter. You don't hear that. White people that don't like the white groups go out of their way to make sure we disassociate ourselves with them. You never hear it from the other side, though. I'm not going to do it anymore. If people well, listen, Ron, plan, you, you know, you know, you, you know, you have my respect greatly. So I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're a grown man. You can you can approach it how you want. For me, though, my friend, I'm going to continue to denounce hate and bigotry of all kinds, similar to what the president did with his tweet uh, uh, on Saturday. I'm going to say hatred is wrong, and I hate people who hate for the sake of ethnicity, for the sake of race, for the sake of re- religious orientation, et cetera, et cetera, sexual orientation or anything. I, it's wrong. And I don't care if it's a white nationalist doing the hating or if it's an Antifa thug doing the hating. I'm going to denounce it all I, because it's just wrong. And I feel like that's the way that I keep my moral center. I don't support one hate group. And I don't uh, 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 oppose another hate group. I'm going to oppose all hate groups, no matter who they are. What makes me better than the left is the fact that I will do so. I absolutely will do so. I will absolutely disassociate myself. And you said we fall all over ourselves. I'm going to continue to fall. You, everybody has their own way of doing things, and that's fine. God bless you, and I love you. You're, you're, a great, you're a great man. You're a great uh, friend. You're a great citizen. Through the years on this show, you've been a great caller and a great confidant. So God bless you. For me, I'm going to continue to fall over myself to say, guess what? Those two dozen idiot white nationalists don't represent any white people I know. Those two dozen white nationalists who march in Washington, D.C. do not represent my race, my country. They don't represent my feelings, my philosophy, or my ideology. As a matter of fact, they have much, much, much more in common with the Democrat Party than they do with any conservative because of the history of racism in this country, the founding of the KKK, the opponents of civil rights, the Democrats. So they are far, far more in line with Democrats than they are Republicans, and I want everybody to know that. I will fall all over myself to say that, and it also gives me a little bit more credibility when I condemn the hate group known as Antifa and their, their support of the American left. Congressman Jim Jordan joins us next right here on AM 1420 The Answer. Nine forty nine now. The Bob France Authority continues on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. We'll take a break from your phone calls. We'll get back to your your reactions to some of the uh, nonsense that we saw in Washington D.C. and in Charlottesville yesterday. Joined now by a man who is always in the middle of other nonsense, not of his own creation, but he is working on Capitol Hill. So by the very nature of his job, he's in the middle of it all. I wondered where, I wondered where you were going there for a second, there, Bob. And you said in the middle well, of nonsense. Yeah, yeah, Congressman Jim Jordan joining <laughs> us here fourteen twenty. The answer. Good to talk to you as well. Well, there is always uh, far too. In fact, let's let's just dive right into the nonsense that is, sure. quite frankly, what I what I'm going to continue to to steal from the president. His term, the rigged witch hunt, uh, that is the Mueller investigation. Some steps forward yeah. in getting information. Uh, I understand that uh, Bruce Orr is finally going to be called uh, onto the carpet. Yeah of a congressional committee, your congressional committee, on August 28th to talk to us about about all of it, about uh, the dossier, his wife's involvement. What can you tell us? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, think about the base. You know, we talked about this last week, but 
Uh, Fusion, uh, the, the Clinton campaign hires Fusion GPS, this oppo research firm. They hire Bruce Orr's wife, Nellie. Fusion GPS then funnels information to Bruce Orr, who he, who he then gives to the FBI. It is never supposed to work that way in America, but it did in this situation. It is as wrong as it gets, and it is time we have Bruce Orr in front of the um, Judiciary Committee. We're going to depose him first, and then I think at some point we, we should have a, a public hearing. But um, the 28th is when he comes to answer our question. Are you going to get anything out of him, or is he going to plead the fifth and just sit there and say, I, don't, I, I can't answer that on the grounds well, of yeah, classification, the, et cetera? Yeah, the short answer is we don't know. I don't think he'll plead the fifth. I mean, he's still, he's still working. He's not, <clears throat> he's not left the Department of Justice, which is interesting in and of itself. He's still at the Department of Justice. He's been demoted. So we'll see. What I do know is from the emails we've been able to review the last week and a half, is you can see just how chummy he was with Christopher Steele, the guy that was hired by Fusion to put together the dossier. You can see how chummy he was with Glenn Simpson, the guy who ran Fusion GPS. I mean, in all these emails, it's Glenn, it's Chris, it's Bruce, it's Nelly. It's like they're best friends. And, and Chris Steele and Bruce Orr talked and met like 40-some different times about this situation. So um, that's one of the big takeaways you got. But, but the bottom line is, when we first found out three and a half weeks ago, when Peter Strzok is in front of the Judiciary Committee, and he finally admits for the first time that the FBI was getting the dossier from Bruce Orr, again, whose wife worked for the firm hired by the Clintons, that, I thought that was just huge. And, and it, you know, again, see, we always come back to this, but if this, was, if this was flipped around, if this were Democrats doing this to, or excuse me, Republicans doing this to a Democrat a candidate for president, the left, uh, the, the press will go crazy. Oh, my goodness. But, um, but it just, you, you just don't see it. But that doesn't change how bad it is and how, and how, wrong, it, uh, and how wrong it is. Not only would the would the press go crazy, there there would be there would be you know prosecution started. President Trump tweeted this yesterday about that. See, he's quoting Daryl Issa here when he says, "Seems like the Democrat, uh, Democrat, seems like the Department of Justice. Maybe that was a Freudian slip for a reason. Uh, the Democrats <laughs> of justice. seems like the Department of Justice and FBI had a program to keep Donald Trump from becoming president." He quotes at Daryl Issa. Then he says, if this had happened to the other side, everybody involved would be in jail. This is a media yeah. cover-up of the biggest story of our time, and I think every word the president wrote is right. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing they did different. They gave the Clinton campaign a defensive briefing. They gave Senator Feinstein a defense. When Senator Feinstein, when, when, when the FBI discovered that there was a staffer for her who they thought was working with the Chinese, going to the Chinese embassy in California, working with them, they went and told her, they said, hey, Senator, we think you may have someone in your uh, operation who's working for you in your Senate office who may be a spy. And so they told her and she fired him. That's appropriate. But they did it. And they did the same thing for Clinton. They gave her a defensive brief. But they didn't do that for, for President Trump. Why is that? Why were they so bent on getting a warrant to spy on Carter Page and to spy on the Trump campaign? Because they had it out for the president. This thing has been this thing has smelled from the get go. Well, pre- so Peter Strzok made that clear. Different. Peter Strzok made that clear, didn't he? Because we need an insurance policy, and this was the yeah. insurance policy. This is exactly what an insurance policy looks like. If we can't stop him from winning, we'll stop him after he wins. But make no mistake, we will stop him. That's what he told his lover for crying out loud. Yep, it sure looks like it. Sure looks like that's what they were they were up to. And then then when you we put it together with all this with with the actions that we've seen and the things we have now learned. It is truly unbelievable that in the United States of America, they took this oppo research document, dressed it all up, made it look like it was legitimate intelligence, took it to a secret court, 
didn't tell the court who paid for the document, didn't tell the court the guy who wrote it had been fired by the FBI, and they get the warrant so they can spy on President Trump's campaign. They did all that when, in fact, with anyone else, they would give them a defensive briefing. So it sure looks like that was the insurance policy. Congressman, I know you're not an advisor to the president, but just let me ask you your opinion on this, if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you were. Um, should he continue to call for Mueller to wrap this up quickly? Because the, every time he makes a tweet or sends a tweet that says, you know, let's get this over with, rig witch hunt this, that, and the other, people are accusing him of trying to obstruct justice. And, th- and, and if he's threatening or, in their ter- interpretation, threatening to shut the investigation he, down, he, they're saying that's an obstruction yeah, you, of justice. Should he stay on the down low and just let all this play out? You know, Bob, I, I think I think he's only saying what what so many Americans now fully understand is like it's time for this thing to get over with. I mean, Jeepers, it's been since May of 2017, so over a year now, 15, 16 months, still not one bit of evidence of any type of coordination, any type of collusion, any type of conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia to influence the election. When, of course, the great irony we've talked about this is what <clears throat> what the Clinton campaign did with working with uh, a foreign national, Chris Steele, to get information from Russia to influence the election. So I think he's simply saying what so many Americans now fully see, which is this thing needs to get over with, for goodness sake. Um, Let's get it over with and let's move on with doing the good things that the president has been doing for the country. Uh, Congressman, uh, I'm going to pivot to social media for a moment, if I can. You tweeted toward the end of last week, Twitter shadow banned Meadows, Nunez, Gates, and Jordan, but at Jack, which is Jack Dorsey, the Twitter CEO, yep. says, we do not shadow ban according to political ideology or <laughs> viewpoint or content. And you, you suggested that you may get him before a committee in September. What are the odds of that? We're work- Yeah, we're, uh, I think strong. We're working on that very hard. I mean, th- think about that. We don't shadow ban. Twitter CEO says we don't shadow ban based on ideology. And yet the four people, the only four members of Congress who were shadow banned happen to be the four most intensely focused on getting to the bottom of this DOJ FBI shenanigans that they pulled. So really, I remember the day after we, it was discovered that, that we were being shadow banned, um, Twitter put out a statement and, and, and said, no, it's just a glitch in our algorithm. And I said, no, well, so, so what's in the algorithm? The names Meadows, Gates, Dennis, and Jordan? I mean, come on. This is, this is goofy. So maybe, maybe there's a real explanation uh, that, that isn't just based on ideology. Um, so, Mr. Dorsey, we want to give you the opportunity to lay that out for us in, in a committee hearing uh, sometime in September. And that's what we're working on making happen. Congressman, uh, last thing. Uh, over the weekend, as you know, there were events being held in uh, in D.C., uh, some of the nonsense I referred to when I introduced you, and uh, also in Charlottesville on the anniversary of that terrible tragedy last year. Uh, there are about two dozen in D.C., about two dozen idiot white nationalists outnumbered by hundreds of am- masked and armed, by with, not necessarily with guns, but with uh, rocks and glass yeah. and many other uh, Antifa members representing the far left. Uh, when they realized they didn't have a fight because there was nobody to fight, as far as the white nationalists, they turned their anger on the cops and they attacked cops and they chanted, no yeah, border, terrible. no wall, no USA at all. It, it, yep. it, should the Democrat Party go ahead and adopt that as their slogan for November? Because that pretty I much is what they're, what they're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think they already have. I, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. There's there's no place for this white nationalist racism BS, and we, we, we don't want any of those people doing any type of protesting. And like you said, I think there, was, what, there were three of these crazies who showed up, so, you know. Uh, but <clears throat> there, shouldn't be, there shouldn't be any place for the, this, this crazy ideology on the left that, that says we, we want to abolish ICE. I mean, think about what the Democrats campaign platform is this year it's raised we, we, we if we get elected we're going to raise your taxes we're going to abolish ice we're going to socialize medicine and we're going to impeach the president 
That's what they're running on. Holy cow, that's crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, I wish there were none of these white nationalists showing up for anything, and I wish there weren't any of them, period. But uh, uh, the, the, the left has uh, got some crazy things that they're talking about, too, and you, you, you highlighted that when you said what these Antifa folks were doing yesterday. Well, yeah, you know, in, that, in, in, in addition to essentially saying we don't want to have a country, by, by chanting hundreds of them, no border, no wall, no USA at all. In addition to that, they're chanting all cops are racist. They're chanting KKK. Oh, yeah, they, right. They're, they're, the cops and KKK are, are, are one and the same, and I can't Re- remember their rhyme there. Remember, but, but, Bob, but literally was, the most... It was Hillary Clinton who said we won a borderless hemisphere. She said that in the 2016 campaign. And so this is where the Democrat Party is now. Like I said, raise taxes, abolish ICE, socialize medicine, and impeach the president. That is their message. They want to impeach the president. Think about this. They want to impeach the president when in 18 months we've seen regulations reduced, taxes cut, economy growing, unemployment at its lowest, Gorsuch on the court, Kavanaugh on deck. We've got we got the embassy in Jerusalem. We're out of that crazy Iran deal, and the hostages have been returned from North Korea. So that that's just a, a partial list of all the accomplishments of the president. And yet they're out there campaigning. We want to impeach the guy. That's how crazy they are. Well, let's just uh, let's just thank them for pulling the curtain back on their insanity, their lunacy, and their hatred. Quite frankly, for all of the t- uh, fundamental tenets of this country, because they're doing it just in time for the midterm, so people know who they are. Uh, Congressman yep. Jordan, please keep up the great work, sir. Thank you for your time this morning. You bet. Thank you, Bob. Take care. You got it. You got it. 10 o'clock, News Radio, or excuse me, uh, AM 1420, The Answer. Want to get uh, right back to uh, your phone calls after the top of the hour news right here on AM 1420, The Answer. This is AM 1420, The Answer. WHK, Cleveland, the service of Salem Communications. The NASDAQ at SALM, AM 1420. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.